Welcome to Tomo Talks. I'm Tomo Marjanovic. I'm here with high-performance coach and hypnotherapist, Sean Huber. We're going to talk about reframing your mindset to become a better you. Stay tuned. Give a quick intro because I, I can. we can have a four-hour-long podcast literally talking about right. how the brain works, how it helps in business, how it helps in life, lifestyle, relationships, everything. Tell them who you are, um, and I'll preface that with you were my life and business coach. Kind of still are. It's just not formal now. Right. We just talk We just talk more as friends, and we do some business together. Exactly. My whole thing is a com combination of my experience and life in itself. So I always was into exercise, started at age 12, right? Got into it, wanted to go to physical therapy school. They're like, sorry, you don't have a 4.0, and you're also a male right now. I'm like, gotcha. Got into exercise, science, and wellness. Didn't like the avenue it was going to in college. Went to massage school. Learned that not only does the mind have memory, like we all know, but our muscle and our body does. So if anything's traumatic happened to us, by touching someone and they're not aware of it, you can trigger a memory. People kept asking me, I was doing massage, about exercise. So I'm like, why don't I just become a personal trainer? Started doing that, wondering why certain trainers were creating codependent relationships. They wanted their clients to always be around. I'm like, that doesn't work. I want to work with you. You learn and then you move on. I'm like, okay, what else can I add to this so these people will show up when they don't have an appointment? Got into coaching, became a life coach over 17 years ago now mm -hmm. before there were these niches and all this crazy stuff. I think Tony Robbins was the only one probably doing it back then, right? I actually bought his stuff one late night at 12 o'clock after going out, <laughs> bought all the CDs. So the thing about that was asking a lot of questions why people are doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you exercising for? Well, I want to lose 10 pounds. I'm like, okay, what happens after that? Because people think after that 10-pound mark that everything's going to shift. And it does, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily the scale that's shifting. They're feeling better. They've got more motivation. They're actually losing inches. That's just one of the markers. So after that, I'm like, okay, I can't – my daughter's born. I can't get up at 5 o'clock every morning and stay – at work till 8.30 at night. And granted, I had a break during the day. So that's the whole progress of then me getting into hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So I used hypnosis with coaching to accelerate my clients because I knew subconsciously that something was working. Now, I had a big background in this before I got started. So about 17 years ago, got diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. They're like, you have to do this chemotherapy protocol. I'm like, no. I'm doing this, this, and this with it. They're like, you're going to screw it up. We're not going to know if it's working. I'm like, I'm going to know if it's working. Diet wasn't important back then. Eat as much, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I go in for my last checkup. They're like, completely clear. We want to talk to you about what you did. I said, why? They're like, you don't have any scar tissue, and that's unheard of. Because hmm. your lymph nodes were full of cancer. You don't have any scar tissue. And you also had both types of that cancer. I use my mindset to... Think about cancer leaving my body while I was, you know, going to the bathroom and what I was eating to clean myself out. And that was a huge mental shift. Fast forward, meet my wife now. My mom goes, did you tell her you can't have children? I'm like, yeah, but who knows? Because they gave me a 0% chance. Mm -hmm. So then we get married. We're like, hey, let's try. By no we got married in June. By November, she's pregnant. I call up my parents and go, hey... You're having another grandchild. My mom goes, did you get another puppy? I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? Wow. Because they said 0% chance. Now, was I doing 
holistic things? Definitely. Was I on a prescription to increase, you know, fertility? Yes. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, they didn't know what to do when you're off testosterone. My levels were so low as a walking zombie. Mm -hmm. They're like, just drink caffeine. I'm like, I can't drink that much coffee a day. So I said, hmm, here's a protocol I'm going to try out, Ritalin or Adderall. They're like, you got to go to a psychiatrist to get this. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I show up with my protocol written out. She goes, this is amazing. This will work. Mm -hmm. So every time I'd have to check in with her once a month to get the prescription refilled, we talked about her husband. I wasn't there to see a psychiatrist. I just needed the prescription filled. So what you started, what I started to realize was how do you combine Eastern and Western medicine to get the both amazing results? Mm -hmm. My daughter's turning 12 next month. Everything's been fine. I've gone through knee surgeries, hip surgeries. And it's how do you keep coming back from these things where mindset played a, a huge impact? I want to unpack that a little bit on the cancer side because there's two different sides of the spectrum when it comes to health, wellness, and either receiving bad news in a bad way or looking at it in a more positive way trying to fix it. So you see a lot of people and they're like, hey, you have cancer, whether it's stage one, two, three, whatever. Right. And these people immediately hear, I have cancer. They immediately go down the spiral of I'm going to die and their body literally starts to die. And then within three to six to 12 months, they're dead. Where you have another guy where he's like, no, screw that, I'm not gonna die. I don't care if you say I have cancer, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna change my lifestyle, change my diet, I'm gonna stay positive. How much of that is lifestyle and how much of that is a mindset shift? 90% mindset shift. Without mindset, you're gonna change your style at all. Your body can heal miraculous things. We're, we're healing cancer all day. Cancer is you, you've created it. You turned it on from stress and outside, sometimes influence with toxins, so you can turn it off. That's the thing that people are trying to figure out now. And I've met some miraculous people who, three weeks to live, 2% chance, they're alive. It's something about believing mm -hmm. in the possibility. And when an expert tells you something and you believe it, then you start to become that. When they told me I couldn't have children, I didn't believe them. Mm -hmm. When they told me certain things I couldn't overcome, I didn't believe them. It's not that I didn't respect them, it's what I know they were taught only. Mm -hmm. Now, anytime I would bring a supplement to them, they had no idea what the hell I was bringing to them. They're like, yeah. what is this stuff? Now, a year ago, I had a heart attack. The doctor looks at me and goes, I can't tell you what to eat. I can't tell you how to exercise because you're already doing it. So what happened? He goes, I can't tell you. So what can you tell me? Mm -hmm. He goes, well, you got to take these things. I'm like, what do these things actually do? Well, the statin's going to do this, and this blood thinner is going to do this, and this is going to stop your blood pressure from going up. I'm like, okay, my blood pressure, I've fixed it. Mm -hmm. Taking supplements, none of those supplements work. I'm like, really? You sure about that? So my cholesterol's naturally down now. What he told me is the only time that we can help you is if something's going wrong. So I'm like, so what's the hope in this? Well, that's the medical industry in a nutshell. And that's all they know. And I'm not mm -hmm. holding it against him. But at the same time, when people start finding alternative ways of doing things, mm -hmm. they're not really new. They're old things that people are now accepting. Mm -hmm. And they're combining different modalities together to get the best result. And I think that's the key to all this is how do you get the best result for you? It's not a cookie cutter approach. It's like, okay, here's your situation. Like when you and I started doing some work together... You had a certain drive, which, if done incorrectly, would have burned you out. 
And our biggest strength is our biggest problem we have, is mm -hmm. our biggest weakness. So sometimes we shut off emotion when we're driving hard. Explain that a little bit further for people. So, so when you're really highly motivated, mm -hmm. right, the energy in which you go into a depressive state is the same energy. It's just your choice in how you're going to want to use it, which is kind of interesting because you see when, a, like, say, a baseball player gets into a slump. He's so focused on the slump that he stays in the slump. Mm -hmm. And if he would just do something simple, a breathing technique or work with someone who's going to work on the subconscious, you're out of it like that. So this whole thing called flow state is basically figuring out how to put yourself into that state by you controlling it, not just happenstance, where it's just, oh, this occurs. So the basic things that I go over with people give them a better chance of being in a more optimal state. We immediately discount a lot of mental things. Right. And when you mention sports, baseball, things like that, the first thing that I think of is like a uh, team that's on a winning streak going to the playoffs. What do you always see? Nobody shaves their beards. Nobody cuts their hair. They're oh, growing dude, mustaches. They won't change their socks. Weird things, right? Because they're trying to put that power into an inanimate object instead of actually focusing on what the mental side of everything was. It's interesting. They've created it, so they believe it. So if they believe it, then it actually works or doesn't work mm -hmm. to a certain extent. So where you disprove it because it's not based on facts. Sure. But in NLP and in hypnosis, we can do triggers where if you hit the trigger, it sets your body into a certain state. Hmm. Easily happens, like super fast, where someone, say an event happens where they get really overwhelmed and they're stressed out, and it takes them a while to get out of it. I can teach someone how to do it in a minute. Pop, and they're out. Mm -hmm. They're like, why does that happen? Because you're thinking about that problem, and it just exasperates it. Like, is anxiety a thing? Is it real? No, it's not real, but it is. What's the definition of anxiety? Isn't it something like anticipation of a future event kind of thing? And if you're anticipating it to happen, it's going to happen. So there's different techniques mm -hmm. on thinking about things that are going to make it happen more, and it stops it from happening. Like the medication itself, if you have it, you're assuming it's going to happen, so it will. Perfect example for placebo effects. Right. They have cured people's illnesses several times with placebo effects because these right. people believed in the medication so much. So then how does it heal? Is it just your mind telling your body? So, so that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But if I was to take that anxiety medication from someone, they mm -hmm. would freak out. Even though they're not taking it, they're going to freak out if they don't have access to it. It's what happens if something does happen and I don't have it. So even though it's there, is it stopping it? No. But if I take it away, it actually gets worse. So it's so, a dependence mindset. Right. But when a placebo effect happens, it's different because they believe it's going to help them. Hmm. Now, if we took it away, it may not. But it, it's a really interesting perspective on how people are looking at what's actually going on. It's the what if. Mm -hmm. I call it the what if effect. So if we're sitting here and you're like, well, what if this happens? And what if this? And it's all negative. Well, it's probably going to go that direction. But if we're talking about the what if possibilities, then someone's going to say to you, well, you're always you know, the optimist. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're always the pessimist. What are you getting? So in your journey, I mean, you had to be the optimist, but also it's okay to be pessimistic as you're going through it. You're not always going to be on top, mm -hmm. but it's how long are you on the bottom that really matters. I think that was uh, the one of the biggest problems, again, that you and I talked about from a coaching perspective, me staying positive and me having a positive mindset, positive outlook on things, because everything was so massively stressful in the beginning. I'm talking about my personal business journey. Right. You know, when we were first talking, I was like, 
okay, I don't know if I'm going to make payroll this week. I don't know if I'm going to make payroll this month. Right. We might not be open if we don't make these numbers. And if I would have focused and kept down those rabbit holes of negative thinking, I wouldn't have been able to put my mind into what was actually important and actually growing the business. And, you know, I, I don't like saying pounding the pavement, but it really was. I have to, you have to put the work in. But if you're crippled by all those fears and all those what ifs and all those negatives, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to literally spin. Right. Seems. And the thing that also gets in the way is you think that everything's about business at that point. And you're mm -hmm. like, what about my personal life? I'm like, what are you doing for your personal life? You're like, what do you mean? I'm working. Yeah. And <laughs> that and, is my personal life. <laughs> but that's what happens is people put business first, not life. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that we've worked with in our business didn't have hobbies. I'm like, why don't you have a hobby? Why don't I have time for it? I'm like, but your creative side needs an outlet. Mm -hmm. So they get a hobby. They feel much better. They take more vacation time. They make more money. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the creative side is in the reset and the recuperation where, hey, I get eight hours of sleep. Is it good sleep? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Is it deep sleep? Is it REM sleep? That's important. I don't care the time. I care the quality of the sleep you're actually getting first and let's improve it from there. So as you're stressing out about your business, then your health is falling apart. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be doing all these things to make people healthier that you're talking to and you're not doing it yourself. So you get to that point where you're like, okay, how am I going to make more money? Work harder. No. Can't work more. Only so many hours in the day. And then we have this thing where, where I asked you, how long is it going to take you to become successful? You're like seven to 10 years. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, I'm like, compared to who? It's just something that we create in our mind that we believe we have to struggle mm -hmm. or suffer for a extended period to get a result must have read it somewhere in like where it's like small businesses they don't become successful for you know it probably said seven to ten years or something two like years. that yeah yeah or we're less. yeah we're uh we just got into year three just recently as you're going through the journey and we were working together i asked you okay why aren't you doing this why are you not doing that mm -hmm. you're like i don't know I'm like what are you waiting for mm -hmm. like you're right. There is no reason to wait. And all these things happened in a short period of time mm -hmm. that just opened door after door after door. And that's where that momentum goes. So what happens to most people is they have this major pain. And once some pressure is taken off the pain, they stop. And I'm like, no, that's where you start. Mm -hmm. So what happens in my five-day challenge with people is they do these little things. And in five days, they're like, oh, I feel so much better. I'm good. I'm like, you're not even close to where you could be. You just started. You but it took off the pressure. It's mm -hmm. like medications just take a little pressure off so you can cope. It doesn't mean you're healing and getting better. It's working on the symptom, not the cause. I'm more concerned about why are you where you're at? What caused this? Let's work on that. And as you do, your symptoms will become less. Do people need medication sometimes? Yes. They mm -hmm. need a quick release so they don't freak out or something bad happens. Mm -hmm. And I work with a nonprofit and a lot of military guys have PTSD. We got some supplements with them for gut health that worked really well, creates more serotonin. They felt better. They started looking into hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. They're like, what is the correlation to stress, low testosterone, and mindset? It's all connected. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's not one thing like taking a hormone isn't going to make you less stressed. It can assist you. Yeah. But what are your stressful coping mechanisms that you're doing on a daily basis? Are you doing breathing exercises? I mean, even not drinking enough water, you're going to have anxiety. You're going to be 40% weaker. You're going to be in a more of a depressed state. Mm -hmm. So why aren't we drinking water? 
oh, I'm drinking all these energy drinks. Oh, so you're hyping yourself up on caffeine, you can't sleep correctly, and you wonder why you shake. And causing adrenal fatigue in the same time. <laughs> but what's adrenal fatigue? That isn't real. I mean, that's the funniest thing in the world. And how does someone, quote, get diagnosed? They go to their doctor, they look at their blood work, they're like, oh, you're fine. And you're going, no, you're not. Yeah. But I'm not here to diagnose people. I'm here to put them in the right place at the right time with the right person if it's out of my wheelhouse. So I'm not telling people what to take. I'm mm -hmm. just like, get some blood work. Let's see where you're at. Once you at least know where you're at, you have a place you can work from. But most people don't even know their blood type. They don't know their resting heart rate, their blood pressure, none of those things. And I'm like, do you understand how food's affecting you? No. Any kid who has ADHD or has some form of autism, if they're drinking anything that has an artificial coloring in it, they need to be off of it. There's tons of research, mm -hmm. but we'd rather have them put on drugs to deal with. And well, that's the sad part. Again, that's going back to the mainstream medical model of treating symptoms, not treating underlying problems, you know, which is what people like you and I are trying to get away from. The funny thing about this medical system is when I was going through cancer treatment, I'm in an infusion room, right? And everyone's like, why do you have so many doctors? I'm like, those are my clients. They're like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, I train and work with these people. There's mm -hmm. like 10 of them showed up. The head of the hospital comes down. He's like, how's it going? I'm like, going great. They asked me like, how do you work with medical professionals? I said, they're just people. Yeah. How do you think someone who works in cancer or pediatric cancer goes home every night? They need a release. Mm -hmm. They are on the top of their game. They can't show emotion. They can't fall apart in front of their patients because they're the expert. But when they go home, they have families, they have spouses. They don't want to unload on them either. So I'm like, come into the gym, work out. We'd have an interesting conversations. I'm like, listen, it's okay if you need to take a break and walk away from this. Mm -hmm. But their biggest fear is there's so many people I'm helping right now, I can't let them down. But at the same time, they're getting sick. They're falling apart. Yeah, you can't you can't function in your profession if you're wearing yourself thin. Well, that's and... what I tell people. You got to be selfish. Mm -hmm. Selfish with yourself before you serve anyone else. Because if not, you're going to be drained by them. And that's one of the things that you kind of drove home to me in the business side when I kept saying business, 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 money, 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 growth, growth, growth. And you said, what are you doing personally? Are you still working out? Are you still lifting weight? Because I mean, you know me from. Uh, not not know me from bodybuilding, but you know I was bodybuilding for you know upwards of two decades. Right. So you're like, are you still doing that? Is that still your hobby? Are you still you know enjoying that? And you kind of challenged me to really look at everything from a different perspective, where my personal life has to be on point for my business life to be on point. And without your health, you have no business mm -hmm. or personal life. And the sad thing that most people do, and what I see happen is they have these big, amazing goals that mm -hmm. they want to get some great results with they sacrifice everything they get to the result and they're like eh. now what well they're burned out yeah. they can't fulfill what they said they would promise and you see it all the time it's like again professional athletes you've accomplished it all what do you do now your identity is what you're doing not who you are you don't know who you are mm -hmm. i don't care how much money you have if you're miserable you're miserable with a lot of money mm -hmm. i've seen some very I don't want to call them poor because poor, we always equate to money. There are a lot of people who don't necessarily have a lot of money, but are super happy. Yeah. The great families. My thing in life is you get a short period of time here. Just enjoy what you're doing and have fun with it. And when you do, you give back. And the same thing that I think was difficult for you 
was having someone help you mm -hmm. and being vulnerable because you're a tough guy. Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so that was the thing is like, you're like, man, you're the first person that's ever helped me out. Like I'm feel awkward to talk about certain things. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of guys out there who've never worked with someone. And most of my clients have never worked with a coach, maybe like a football coach or a sports coach. But they're like, I'm going to talk about stuff I've never talked about before. Mm -hmm. Like, exactly. You're going to get emotional. So when I was in law enforcement, I had bad experiences with mental health professionals. I don't want to say it like, you know, but certain people, I think they were called counselors technically. Right. You know, when you see a uh, an incident in, in police work and it's like really, really traumatizing, like we, you know, right. I, I happened to witness several really horrible incidents in my law enforcement career. Children dying, people getting shot in the face. I mean, it... Husbands murdering their wives and right. children, like it, horrible stuff, you know, from Ohio and here in Florida. And every time one of those things happened later in the career, early in the career, they would just be like, you good? And they just pat you on the back and tell you right. to go home, which is a horrible idea. Those are very traumatic incidents for people. Um, in Clearwater, which I will applaud them for, they had like a critical incident review type of thing where they would sit everybody down, everybody would talk in an open forum. And then people would then individually go talk with professionals. My biggest issue that I had were that these professionals did not understand where I was coming from. They didn't understand the career. They, it would have been better if they were not even mental health professionals, but actually just police officers. Right. Where they can relate to the situation. And maybe they experienced something and they learned from it and grew from it and it didn't break them internally. You know, because a lot of the times you're talking to a mental health professional well, this happened. Okay, well, how did it make you feel? I'm like, well, I felt like this. And, you know, when someone's trying to relate to you and they have absolutely no idea what you're talking it's about. It's a canned question they're asking. It just seems disingenuous. So I had very big issues with talking to people about personal stuff, and I hid a lot of stuff in. I later learned how to expose a lot of it, but then when you and I talked, uh, we exposed more on the personal side, not necessarily from the law enforcement career, right? but even further back into childhood, into father figures, into family, things like that. So I think there needs to be a little bit of a better job being done by that mental health community, addressing certain things in a certain way, or maybe getting people that are more relatable to certain professions. Again, it's how you're understanding a person, mm -hmm. not a job. They're working with a job, not necessarily figuring out what makes you unique in your job. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing that I th thought was interesting is when we did your first hypnosis session and you called me up the next day, you're like, dude, I'm pissed. What happened? And I like, was. I was mad. <laughs> and like you're working through this. And again, you don't know how and what you've locked in your subconscious. It's going to bring it to the surface. But after that, then everything started moving. And for everybody calling bullshit, and yes, I'm looking at you, anybody watching, <laughs> it's not the hypnosis that you see in no, Las not. Vegas where you're barking like a dog on stage and they click their fingers and you're done. Right. That's not what it is. So explain a little bit about the hypnosis technique that you do, how it works, what it's doing. You know, what's the science behind that? The crazy thing is in this world, we're under hypnosis constantly. And people aren't aware of that we're being in a hypnotic state. It's like when you're driving your car and you go by your exit. Well, how'd you go by the exit? Because you're hyper-focused. Hypnosis is actually being very focused and tuning everything else out. Hmm. So consciously, we're having a conversation. We're in critical thinking right now. We're trying to figure things out. We have a short-term memory only. There's no emotion involved, really. Mm -hmm. Some, but not much. Subconsciously, thousands of things are happening at one time. Your heart rate, your breathing, 
your thinking, your digestion is all being handled by your subconscious. All your memory is in there long term. All your emotion is stored there. So when you're working on that, you take someone into a relaxed state. Now, the first time, if you're like hesitant, I'm talking to someone for roughly 40 minutes to relax them. And it's actually putting them in a hypnotic state, which is called the introduction to hypnosis. I give them certain skills to try out. They're like, oh, I can be hypnotized. You're like, if you want. Now you're in total control of everything. So then what happens is you get people to say, okay, what's going to happen? You, you can wake up anytime you want. You can move around whenever you want. Mm-hmm. But as you keep going into different depths of hypnosis, your body, you can't tell between the chair you're sitting in if it's you or the chair because you're so relaxed. Any outside noises actually can bring you under hypnosis. And I do some hypnosis out of my house. I try to time it around people who work around the house, like the yard people. One day, no, no, they show up. I've got someone in a hypnotic state and the mower's going by and the weed whacker. They didn't hear it at one bit because they're so under. Now, there's things that are interesting about hypnosis. We can go back and we can work on weight loss or stopping someone from smoking certain sensations. You can go back to a time where some event happened. You're asking permission of that client first before you do any of this. I'm not specifically asking certain things. They are going to pick up whatever they need to pick up from it. I'll put them in a situation. If they start to feel uncomfortable, like just pull yourself away from it 10 to 15 feet, disconnect yourself emotionally from it, Mm -hmm. learn what you need to learn from it, and we'll move forward from it. That's great for getting people over like money issues, all kinds of anxiety type things. Then you get to the point where we call it dynamic hypnosis, where you start looking for the positive and future self and how that's going to happen because you got to believe it and see it before it's actually going to happen. So that in hypnosis really helps people in business to see themselves be more successful. And there's a certain set of tools that I use to do that also. And when someone wakes up, some of them are very relaxed, some are energized. One person I did a hypnosis with was for an injury. The injury went away completely. They didn't tell me this, but they had insomnia for eight years. It was gone because they learned how to just let go and relax, which was incredible because I'm like, that's not what we were doing it on. And then this new device that a friend of mine who has a physical therapy clinic, it's called a newbie, and it works on resetting the vagus nerve. So there's electrodes stimulating the vagus nerve. So she's hooked up to that. Her husband's also a physical therapist. He stimulates the vagus nerve first, puts her on these, and then I brought her in hypnosis so we combine the two because hypnosis does work on resetting the vagus nerve at the same time. The result, she was like, I've never felt this good. Her being a physical therapist, she's constantly on, constantly giving, and this was the first time that she's like, I felt relaxed and I was relaxed the entire week. Resetting your subconscious can do some amazing things for you. But if you don't take any action after the fact, it's just something to relax you with. You're doing business and life coaching. Let's focus on the success factor. Because okay. I know a lot of people are going to watch this and they're going to say, okay, this is somebody who I've personally worked with and I have since had massive success and a lot of, you know, I've, I've made a lot of money. We are employing a lot of people. We're about to go through a growth phase. It's going to be ridiculous. You know, they're going to automatically equate it to what happened. So from your perspective, when you look at somebody that wants to become successful, it's mindset, obviously. Um, but what's the biggest hurdle that you see people going through? And is it different? Because I know you work internationally too with people. Right. Is it different coming from an international person 
compared to somebody in the United States? They believe it is, but it isn't. We're all the same. But so, I mean, from a lifestyle factor, do they have the same problems? Do they have the same angst? Do they have the same issues that people in America do? That's really what I'm curious about. Different, but similar at the same time. Like the clients that I have in England mm -hmm. are different than the ones in Australia and the difference, the ones in the Middle East. So the women in the Middle East have certain things with religion and all kinds of ways in which women are treated differently. They are breaking the mold. Okay. They have certain things that get in their way that we work on where I'm not supposed to be this person that's leading, but I am. You have to believe you deserve better, mm -hmm. not because of the circumstances where you came from, but because we all deserve better. And how you're gonna do that is getting out of your own way first and giving yourself every opportunity to be as healthy, physically, mentally, spiritually as possible by simple things you're gonna do every day that you're gonna take one step forward. So it's habits and lifestyle is really what it boils down right. to. That's it. And, and the thing is, in other countries, they have different lifestyles and different habits. Mm -hmm. But when it really comes down to it, it's belief systems inside of yourself. Like, I don't want to disrupt this person. I don't want to make that person bad, mad at me. Like, listen, you're going to have haters. Mm -hmm. You're not for everyone, but be okay. And then be aware of how people are taking from you. If they're stealing your energy and wanting, we call them energy leeches or energy vampires, mm -hmm. be okay. And it, you're not saying to yourself what I don't want. You're saying to yourself what you want. I did a poll on social media a couple days before I think it was like Tuesday or Wednesday this week. And I put, what is your definition of success? And I put, you know, four different categories. I think it was money. Uh, I think it was freedom, uh, lifestyle. I put, I put a few of these things. The one that was least voted for was money. I was surprised, though, at so little amount of people. I think it was like 2% voted for money. And I'm like, interesting. Because, I mean, think of being locked down. Mm -hmm. You can have all the money in the world, you still can't do things. But that's something that I don't think people were recognizing years ago. Oh, they are now. They are now. Money as important as I believe it is, because without money, this is my, again, my personal view, without money, I can't employ people. Without money, I can't afford to produce this podcast right. and get information out there. Without money, uh, I can't provide for families, I can't donate to charity, I can't do a lot of things. But I look at it as a tool, not a fix. Right. You know, so when I put that poll out and the number one voted thing, I think was freedom. Freedom is different things. And what I tell people, the only thing you're in control over are your thoughts. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's freedom to a lot of people. You could be completely around hundreds of people and still feel alone. Freedom is choices. What are you going to do with that? How do you want to make it done? I don't know. Find someone to assist you on it. Don't do life alone. Like I just put something out yes the other day, may have been yesterday. Said how many people have really close friends they see once a week? And I forgot to put the tag family doesn't count. Out of everyone who put it down and you take away family like spouse or children, mm -hmm. four people had friends. One or more friends that they see weekly. And it's a scary thought. If I was to take your family out of your equation, mm -hmm. including your brother, how many people do you actually hang out with on a weekly basis? Personally, I'm going to say outside of coworkers, zero. Zero. That's the problem we're having in our society is lack of community. You don't hang out with people anymore and share life. You share jobs. You share mm -hmm. common interests but you're not sharing life necessarily anymore. 
Maybe that's what I like so much about being in Europe because it was a very big community-oriented right. thing. That's the thing. It's uh, life. It was cousins, and then they all brought their friends, and they all brought their friends. And I mean, we had 40, 50 people drinking beer and, and eating food together. It was amazing. I think people would really uh, just get a lot by just fixing their daily habits. Oh, easily, and, yeah. And fixing the way that they look at themselves. I had a very negative mindset about myself for years. You know, I was very harsh. Everything that I ever accomplished, anything that I ever looked at in the mirror, and it's funny now because I'm a little out of shape, um, but when I had a six pack and when I was, you know, 230 pounds of shredded muscle, I used to look in the mirror and I'd pick it apart. Yeah. And now I look at those pictures, you know, five, six, seven years later, and I'm like, I literally looked like a Greek statue. This is bullshit. I'm fat now, you know? And, that, but, and that's perspective if it's never good enough. That's what I mean. So fixing that mindset and fixing fixing that way of appreciating being grateful, that whole gratitude, that attitude of oh, gratitude yeah. thing that you and I talk about a lot, that whole gratitude idea is where most people lack. And I lacked it for years. And until I established what that really meant to me, where I could really be grateful for what I have and really enjoying the process, especially when it comes to business and lifestyle and everything like that. Of course, I struggle. Of course, it gets stressful and I, you know, it gets very hard. I have to work sometimes much harder than I maybe want to, but I'm able to enjoy it because I can see all those things that are coming and I'm also enjoying what I have at the current moment. And that's the thing is be present where where you're at, enjoy where you're at so you can enjoy where you're going. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I've watched tons of people out there hustling and grinding, like, no. What happens when you grind something down? It just keeps pulverizing itself, turns mm -hmm. to dust. It gets That's destroyed. what happens to us. Mm -hmm. And there's certain words that people use that they're not aware of how it's working on their subconscious. Like, have you ever done something for someone they are like, hey, no problem? I'm like, why would it be a problem? People are like, why do you pick on that? I said, because it's a negative connotation for a positive thing you're doing. If you go to a major hotel or a nice restaurant – no one is going to say, no problem. They're going to say, thank you. How else may I assist you on this? Mm -hmm. It's the exchange of energy and words that are hugely impactful on us. And people always will tell me what you want. Well, I don't want this. I'm like, no, no. What do you want? Yeah, not what they you don't, don't want. They don't know how to word it. And then I'll say, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to try that. I'm like, try to pick up this. Try to pick up your cup. Go ahead. Try to pick it up. Either you do or you don't. Mm -hmm. There's no trying involved. But people have these plan Bs always set up. Well, if this doesn't work, I'm going to do this. Why do you think that's not going to work? It's not going to work because you just said it may not work. You already gave yourself an out. Right. You gave your per yourself permission for failure. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe that you're not going to fail, that means you're going to succeed. So talk about succeeding, not I'm not going to fail. Mm -hmm. So that's where these words really have an impact. And you start watching advertisement out there. They just keep driving pain, driving pain. It's so contradictory to what it should be. And you can get sucked into that, and it's just because it's constantly hitting you and going into your brain, mm -hmm. and you're believing it. Like, I mean, look at how many diets have been out there. Don't eat fat. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Why? I don't know. Maybe because the grain industry is trying to make more money when it was back then, and then this whole keto thing. It's Adkins. Just repackaged, repurposed. Mm -hmm. That's what people are doing. There are very few things nowadays that are completely new. It's just repackaged things from the past that catch people's eyes by great marketing. Your fixes and your insight on mindset, habits, everything, I think is going to be extremely beneficial to anybody watching this. Where can people find you? 
uh, website, social media, where can, where can they find you right so now? So my website is seanahuber.com. I do a blog once or twice a week. You can find me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Our company's called Structured Freedom. My wife actually helps people build their businesses, especially women, to much bigger than just the one-on-one thing. So we actually work together really well with that because I'm the creative and she's the actual COO of the company. She's the one who gets it done. Um, I'm on TikTok a little bit. Not which dancing, is in- I hope. No, no dancing yet. Good. I like the yet. It's it's a great it's a great <laughs> platform to get quick things out to send people to your website. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, doing a little bit more reels on that, trying to figure all that stuff out. The tech is not my thing, but yeah, it's seanahuber.com. Structuredfreedom at Gmail is my email address where they can definitely reach out. I do a five-day challenge once a month. Mm-hmm. It's free. You can do it live or you can do it in person. It's one of those things that people are like, this really works. Like, why would I give you something that doesn't work? And people are shocked at how quickly they can change because of taking minor steps going forward. That's what it takes. It's not these big leaps that are really going to make you successful. I appreciate your insight on the podcast. Thank you for coming out here. Yeah, definitely. And shooting this with me. Uh, Thank you for everything that you did for me on a business and personal side, because I am constantly touting you as a big help to kind of getting my mindset right. So I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you spreading this information. I hope more people reach out to you. I think what you're doing is extremely important for mindset, whether it's just a business person, whether it's somebody that just wants to get their lifestyle better, but everything from habits to mindset, I think it's going to make everything better in life. Yeah, and the thing that I always tell people, if I'm not your good fit, I've got thousands of connections on people who can help you out regardless of where you think you are, from business to health. That's the cool thing is having resources. If I'm not there, I can help you. My big thing is if you're not working with me, work with someone else, keep moving forward. Just don't think you're going to do it by yourself. Everybody, check him out. Check out his website. Check out his Instagram and his TikTok. No, he's not dancing. Thanks for watching. Thanks.